0: Ask the Dean, Episode 7. Welcome to Ask the Dean. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, and if this is your first time here, let me tell you a little bit about Ask the Dean and the Mapped team. As you'll hear in just a moment, it'll be myself, Dr. Ryan Gray, the host of lots of podcasts that maybe you've listened to, the Pre-Med Years, the MCAT Podcast, the MCAT Cars Podcast, the Old Pre-Meds Podcast, Specialty Stories, and there's more in there. <laughs> and... Uh, I am a co-founder of mapped a new technology platform to help pre-meds on their journey to medical school. We have over 1200 students using mapped right now. If you're not one of them, go to mapped.com M a P P D.com joined, with me on this weekly call that we do for our MAPT members is Rachel Grubbs, my co founder, who has 20 years' experience in the pre health test prep world, and Dr. Scott Wright, who's our VP of Academic Advising. Dr. Scott Wright is the former director of admissions at UT Southwestern, the former executive director at TMDSAS, the whole Texas Medical School Application Service. As well as a stint as a pre-health advisor and the whole dean of the pre-health advising world at UT Dallas. So, lots of amazing minds here on this episode answering your questions, or at least our mapped members' questions. Again, this is what we do every Monday, and uh, for our mapped members in our mapped members only Facebook group. Again, go check out mapped m a p p d dot com. Team mapped, ready to rock, Dr. Scott Wright. How are you?
1: I'm well. How are you? Doing great.
0: Doing yes. right. Rachel Grubbs, my co-founder
2: I'm doing good, yeah Just man. had some coffee, which is against the afternoon rules But coffee? today merited it, I know, this late in the day It's oh, risky, wow. risky man
0: Like mm. half-calf,
2: full-calf? Um, full-calf, but a small amount Like my Wonder Woman mug Wonder here was Woman. only about half-full Go Wonder Woman So you're living on the edge <laughs> Yeah, I just I needed a little perk <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm good now that I've had that coffee. I'm I'm
0: feeling so much better. That's nice good. That's awesome. Um, so I'm excited. We uh, we'll will hopefully get to show off mapped a little bit later. New new dashboard features. Playing around with that. So show show some people. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to jump in, answer some questions for another yeah. Ask the Dean. Absolutely.
2: Uh, So I'll throw up a question and then I'll also jump off screen just so we can have more of Ryan and Scott's uh, shiny faces. (laughs) Yay.
0: All right. Mm -hmm. Oh, this looks different. Uh, If I'm deciding on a post-bacc program, what are some of the criteria I should weigh? I'm considering one with lower tuition and cost of living versus another that is a bit more expensive, but offers more structured support and opportunities Related to the public health that I'm interested in, mm. I love these kind of questions because it's like there's really no right answer, and uh, we can we can talk about pros and cons and what what mm-hmm. students should be thinking about. What are your thoughts? Yeah.
1: So uh, I, d- I generally think that uh, postpack programs are a good idea, depending on the um the sort of profile of the a- of <clears throat> the student of the applicant. Mm-hmm. If they, if they need to build, um, you know, post chromes have different uh, focus uh, depending on the program and depending on what your needs are. So there are generally two kinds. Um, one is for pretty much second career people who are really starting from the beginning with sciences a lot of times and are needing to b- build things uh, from the beginning because they majored in, you know, business or whatever. Uh, and then the other type of postback program is a GPA builder, is for students who have a major in biology, let's say, and for whatever reason didn't do well, uh, needed and need to um, sort of repair their academic record. And uh, some postback programs are both; they can accommodate both needs. So generally, <clears throat> I think that postback programs um, are there's a variety of them out there in terms of structured versus non structured. Uh, some of them are very individualized. Some of them are more um, structured in, in terms of uh, a bit, the ability of the student to kind of do whatever they want to. And, and within the context of what their goals are, um, some of them are just medicine. Some of them are, you know, will it apply to everything. So they're kind of all over the board. Uh, some of them are very expensive, you know, quite pricey. Uh, others are, um, you know, a, a, lot, a lot more reasonable. So the question really is, um, I think, you know, definitely a student has to weigh the cost uh, in terms of what that's going to be like, uh, as well as a support network. If you are somebody who needs, you know, a support network of friends and stuff, you may not want to move a thousand miles away to, to do that. Um, if, uh, if a student is uh, very, uh, capable of sort of uh, doing things on their own, uh, in, an individualized program might be might be a good program. Other things I think are worth looking at are: are there any linkages between medical schools uh, that um, will, for example, offer you a um, uh, automatic interview if you do well in the program, or things of that nature? Sometimes they'll allow you to. The the med schools with linkages will say, well, we're going to take, you know, five people out of this program each year, and so you've got some something to go go on that that's a a goal, an opportunity for you, depending on how you do in the program. So I think there's a lot of issues related to that uh, that you have to weigh in terms of uh, what you're looking at and what what might be the best or uh, the appropriate thing for you. I don't think it's really. Um, I mean, my, my feeling is um, if you are, so I'll give you a scenario here. If you're going to be applying to schools, uh, medical schools, let's say in California, and uh, you end up going to uh, a post program that's in Florida at a school that nobody's ever heard of before, then that might um, not help you as much. Is if you went to a, a name of an institution, a college or university that has some sort of name recognition. Um, so, because there's a lot, and, and I'll tell you in terms of transparency, there are a lot of schools that are starting post-baccumns because they're money makers because they're revenue generators for that institution. And they have no background, no, you know, yeah, they offer the courses and everything, but they don't have anything, uh, structured they don't have any reputation you know there's nothing there it, the only reason they're doing it is cuz it's a cash cow and uh and so i think you have to be careful uh, uh really look at what you're wanting to see uh, what you're what you're. what am i trying to say really focus in on the important issues um do they do they have a good structure or um and not just the, the program structure but do they have a good setup a good framework for what you're looking for uh, is it uh, in, a, in, in is it cost effective for you is it at a school that has some now if you are applying to medical schools in california and the institution you're looking at is in California then that might be a different story because the the california med schools will be more recognized uh, re- would recognize that school uh, more because they it's in the same state so i think you have to look at a lot of different factors there before you kind of jump into something but i, I would say stick with the what do you saying? Name brand institutions and uh those that have a reputation, look at linkages, look at uh uh cost, uh, look at how long it's been around, what is their track record of getting students into med, into med school? You know, ask the hard questions uh about that, and then and then hopefully you'll you'll find one that that fits your needs.
0: Yeah. All good, all good yeah. advice. Yeah. All right, my post back is considering a blended learning model for fall, where lectures are delivered remote, labs are going to be run in person throughout the week with social distancing. How do you think this model and blended learning models in general would be viewed by med schools? I I think we've we've harped on this so much that it's like we're in the unknown world with with this pandemic and with COVID that medical schools are going to have to accept online classes. There's obviously there's nothing they can do. Yeah to go, Oh no, like we, we're not going to accept online, but okay. You're not going to have yeah. any students for the next three years. Yeah. Um. So it's, it is what it is. You, you yeah. do what your school is going to do. You do what you feel comfortable with personally with your health and the health of those around you and you make it yeah. work. Schools schools are going to be flexible right now. Yeah,
1: totally agree. And I actually think that sounds like a good setup. I mean, a lot of students uh, learn individually anyway, in terms yeah. of classroom stuff and don't, don't often see a huge amount of value in that as long as you've got some resources uh, such as um, learning groups that you can do remotely or whatever. And then uh, the the labs being, um, you know, a whole different thing in terms of, uh, um, I you know, remote labs just boggle my mind. I don't know
0: <laughs> yeah
1: That's, i don't know it's, it's
0: like uh the virtual cadaver labs i'm like, yeah ah, exactly. this doesn't do the, Not thing the same me.
1: thing right so uh, but yeah i totally agree with you ryan on that yeah
2: yep. uh i'm hopping on camera real quick because i wanted to articulate we had a couple different people asking about background in business so one of the questions was if I worked in business development for nonprofit organizations for a period of time, should I include that on my application? And then there was kind of a follow up, someone yeah. replied to that to say, I worked in economic development, which I think is slightly different than business development. Not really. Um, sounds like both were doing fundraising. Mm-hmm. But so they're asking about how that might be relevant to an application.
0: I love this question. I, I think this is probably one of the bigger mistakes that students make when they apply. And Scott, it'd be interesting to hear your, your thoughts on <laughs> like bringing someone in for an interview. Right. And you find out they have all this other experience. You're like, wait a minute. You didn't talk about this at all on your application. And they're like, oh, it wasn't related to medicine. I didn't think right. that's like, no, like your application is who you are mm-hmm. and not, not everything medical related that you did. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Oh, I totally agree with that. I think that, you know, everything that you do has value in terms of, you know, yeah, maybe it doesn't relate to organic chemistry or maybe it doesn't relate to <laughs> the, the diagnosis of one thing versus another thing and, and whatever. But I think that they all have relevance because, yeah. like you said, Ryan, they're part of they're part of who you are. They're part of the makeup of you being a person and a 3D person, three dimensional kind of. thing and that's exactly what med schools are looking for in terms of uh in in terms of applicants but it also says you have to extrapolate from what you did uh in economic development to say number one you're working with people always a good skill uh for uh students who want to go into medicine you're working with people you're developing skills of of uh you know, dealing with other individuals, whether it's groups of people or whether it's individuals or whatever, uh, those reach out to the AAMC competencies very well. Uh, so I would say one of the things that you might want to do relative to uh, the way you look at yourself in these activities and how you gauge what you may want to say about them in your application is have those AAMC competencies next to you. And, and, and evaluate, okay, I did this thing, X. In doing X thing, let me look at the see competencies and see where in doing X thing, where were those competencies reflected in that in that the, what I did. And I think you'll see quite a bit of crossover and that's where you talk about. Maybe you don't spend a whole lot of time talking about the intricacies of economic development for this nonprofit. But you do say, look, I, I did X, Y, and Z, and they relate to these important qualities of being a physician in, in these ways, blah, blah, blah. And that's, that's where the real value is. You, you create the value in a lot of ways. You have to sort of say, this is what I did. This is how I saw it being valuable, how it was meaningful to me. And now this is also how I see it relating to medicine as illustrated in a variety of ways, such as through these competencies in the double AMC.
0: Yeah. I, I have a, a a small difference in in the take on at least the application side of it. And it's it's always one of those things where I, I tell students, look economic development, if you don't have to, you don't need to. Like you don't know what medicine is as a pre-med student. So right. how are you this is my my theory. Like how are you supposed to take your economic development and go, this is going to help me be a physician in right. this way like you don't know you're not a doctor yet. Right, right right so so i always tell students like leave out the the correlation to medicine and how it's going to strengthen you how you frame your description is going to show me how you're going to work with people it's going to show me your resilience Correct. your leadership your absolutely. organizational skills your communication skills those are the key things absolutely not oh this person is going to be able to handle sitting in the on the bedside with three other people around him and like right like that that kind of stuff I'm like right hey, Leave the medicine out of it and just tell me who you are and your impact. Right, absolutely. And I'll I'll do the rest.
1: Agreed, agreed.
0: Who as a non-TRAD applicant with a child who battled a life-threatening illness for the past few years? I am often concerned about not having as many consistent shadowing of volunteer hours as my peers. Is this a valid concern? How heavily do medical schools weigh my home environment and family situation? Hmm. I would say having a child with a life-threatening illness, as yeah. crappy as that is, is great experience. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> it's it's one of those things. Like I, I have a kid with with some special needs, and and whenever we're in a group for this rare disease, I'm like, welcome to the club that nobody wants to be in, but we're yeah. here now.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and so, I mean, that's that's experience. Now, yeah. for for me, obviously, it's it's not. The only experience that hopefully you have, you don't want to lean on that as the only experience, but you, you got to no, take care agreed. of your family first and foremost. Yeah,
1: no, agreed. And I, I, and I also think that, you know, I hate to harp on um, the same thing often, but I do think that you can, you know, because, for example, some of the uh, some of the double AMC competencies really relate to things like empathy, empathy and compassion. And these are very important qualities for a physician. And, uh, and I think what you can look at is you can, you can see easily how having gone through that kind of thing, not only do you have empathy for your own child, but when you're in these support groups and stuff, you develop these relationships with other parents and with their kids. And, you know, and, and I think that that makes uh, a huge difference and can be a real plus for an applicant. Uh, yeah. so I don't think, I don't think it's a drawback at all. I think it's all in how you talk about it and, and what you say. So I, I think definitely go into that and, and how it's become meaningful to you and what you've gotten out of the experience of dealing w- with that, you know, tragic and, and horrible. Like you said, Ryan, the thing that nobody wants to, to be having to do, but here you are and you're doing it and, and talk about how that's meaningful to you. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, the 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 quote, I think we have a, a quote in the house somewhere. It's like, you never know how strong you are until you need to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just the way it is. Yeah, that's
1: right. That's exactly right.
0: All right, bring it on. Our pre-med advising office keeps stressing to students that research is critical for an application. Is research really that important? <laughs> 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 I love this question. This is probably <laughs> one of the most common questions. Yeah, it is. it is.
1: Yeah, you know... I, this is the kind of question you hear often. Uh, I mean, I ran a pre-med office for six years and and we were at a, you know, and so I have to say this in general, <laughs> if you don't like research,
2: <laughs>
1: if you, if it makes you, you know, go into convulsions to think about, this is going to be something I have to do, then, you know, don't do it. Uh, I don't think it's you know, absolutely necessary to be, uh, to go to medical school or to to be an attractive candidate in medical school. I I remember back uh, when I was uh, at UT Southwestern uh, doing the admissions thing, uh, I calculated uh, over the course of the 10 years that I was there, it was generally pretty common that about half the class had research experience and half the class did not. So, and this was at a research intensive institution. And so I don't think it's important now, having said that, if you are, if you think research sounds amazing and you would like to be involved in research as an undergrad and you kind of envision part of your life being involved in academic medicine and research and stuff, then Absolutely. If you're going to talk about it in your application, then you better have done it to, you know, see this is really what I want to do. Or if you really anticipate that you want to go into a program that's very research intensive, uh, then you might want to consider at least trying it out and seeing what's happening, you know, what it's like. Uh, You may decide I don't like this isn't for me. I don't like it. Or you may find a niche. So. (laughs) <laughs> um, so, you know, I, but I, the, in my feeling is the straight answer to the question is no, you don't have to do research. And, and I think it's a flawed, uh, con, it, it's flawed that an admissions office, I mean, that a, uh, pre-med, uh, uh, office at a, a university would, would really be pushing that like that. I don't know if they've just kind of gotten the wrong message or if they have some other sort of agenda. Well, I, uh, or... I'll
0: tell you where some of that information comes from, Scott, is the, the stats that the AAMC puts out, which yeah. I think are incorrect, shows yeah. that more the, a higher percentage of students have research on their application than they do clinical experience. Yeah, I don't, I don't it, agree it's, with it's that. It's upwards of 90%. No, so not, and, and I right. don't think, yeah, I, I think it's flawed. There's no way, yeah. um, so uh, that's part of it. Right. And, and really to distill your message, it goes back to the answer we give all of the time. What do you want to do? Yeah, do you want exactly. to do research? Great. Go for do you it. I want to do research. Great. Right. At the end of the day, the question I like to, or how I like to really frame this answer is what is the goal of research? The goal of research is to show that you like to challenge the status quo, that you like mm-hmm. to ask questions, that you like to try to figure out answers, that you can think critically through problems. Right? It's obviously yeah. something we need right now. We're in the middle of a pandemic yeah. and nobody knows how the heck to read a freaking, <laughs> freaking statistics and research. <laughs> right. And right. like the, the the first hydrochloroquine study that came out with hydrochloroquine hydrochloroquine with azithromycin, it's like oh look at this data, the the data is amazing. And then you actually click through to the to the actual article, and thank God they didn't lie in the article. The the actual like research, it's like oh well, we left these people out because they died, and we left these people out because this. But if we forget about all of those bad people, the, the results are amazing. Yeah. Right, so, but anyway random random aside um at the end of the day that's the goal of research and if yeah. you don't like quote-unquote research how do you show that in a different way is yeah. are there are there things that you can do that will show your inquisitiveness and and problem-solving skills in a different way and i think a lot of people think research and they think I'm in a lab with a pipette, a micropipette, and, and I'm, I'm doing this all day long. And research can be chart reviews and, and, yeah. and clinical yeah. research, asking questions, talking to patients, doing that. I had right. a student who was a geology professor at a school, and her research was geology research. She's studying mm-hmm. rocks. Mm-hmm. She's asking questions. She's figuring out answers. It doesn't have to be medically related right. research right. either. So, yeah. Agreed. Lots of options. And, yeah, and really, totally. to, to your point at, at near the beginning, if you don't like research and you're doing it to check off a box because you think that's what you have to do and you hate it and you apply to medical schools that are going to be more research heavy, are you going to be happy as a medical student? Right. That's, how, that's right. Maybe you don't do research and you maybe. try to avoid the schools that yeah. require research. Yeah, absolutely. But you're not going to be happy.
1: About. Yeah. And just and to, to be honest, I don't think there's that many medical schools that yeah, right. quote require yeah. some yeah. level of research. So I, I even if you're like looking broadly at medical schools around the country and stuff, I think you're going to find that. You know, if you did research, great, you know, tell us what you did and what you know about it and yep. all that. If you didn't, all right, let's talk about something else, you know?
0: Yeah. So. I talked to, I, I forget who it was, if it was at a conference or in a podcast, I, I talked to, talk to too many people, but it was like Stanford or UCSF or some really big research, research heavy school. Right. And they're like, one of the biggest myths is that we require research. Like, no, we, we want to know that you're curious and inquisitive yeah. and are a problem solver. And we'll teach you all the research here once you get here. It's not like we need your skills that you're going to learn from your undergrad research project.
1: (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) Oh, No MCAT this cycle. What are your thoughts on not requiring the MCAT? So I think since we recorded or or maybe even before we recorded last time, Stanford came out and gave what I thought was pretty perplexing uh, guidance that said, If you've taken the MCAT, great, we'll use it. If you haven't taken the MCAT, apply anyway. We we won't require it. And it's it's interesting because when all this started happening with the MCAT and and with the the COVID and and shutdowns and stuff, I talked to several different schools and and even Enrique at TMDSAS, and the general consensus, which seemed very logical, is if a school's going to potentially not require an MCAT, it'll be across the board, right? Yeah. It's it's yeah. too confusing and too right. – there's too many variables to go, well, the, these students have an MCAT, so we're going to use it. These students don't have an MCAT, so we're not going to use it. Right, that's just not how good yeah. <laughs> science is done. No. Um, but it's interesting because – Sets up a perfect experiment in four years for, for, oh, this absolutely natural experiment. of, yes. hey, we have a cohort of students that were randomly selected. Some had an MCAT, some didn't. Same school, same school. Yeah. How'd they do? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, spoiler alert. I bet you they both did equally fine. <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. Oh man. Um, yeah, ag-
1: Years ago, this isn't related to necessarily the MCAT, but years ago, uh, UT, the university of Texas, Houston medical school, this was back in the seventies. I think they, um, they had enrolled, they had uh, selected a group, a cohort of students. And then the state legislature increase the size of their class by like 75 students or something. And uh, so they had to take at the last minute another group, another group of students into that class uh, from their alternate list. And so the question then became, this is is just as you're saying, very interesting. Let's compare the two groups uh, throughout, throughout their medical school experience. And what they basically what they found was there was no difference. You know, the students that were selected on the front end that were tops and everything yep. and those that were down the waiting list that weren't in any other medical school at the time and were taken at the last minute, they did equally cool. as well. So I think you're right in terms of the MCAT. I also think that in terms of this issue of the MCAT, you know, I think there's a lot of schools that are, that, that met, are, are still waiting to see what's going to happen with the, the MCAT and, and figure out what they're going to do. And I think there are uh, many medical schools that are likely either going to consider or certainly going to interview without an MCAT. Uh, I suspect that there's going to be very few schools uh, that are going to actually enroll students without an MCAT. I think that uh, we've heard it several times, even on the national pre-med day that, uh, you know, the the likelihood is that there's going to be some level of give and take on this. But at the end of the day, You're not gonna get away with not taking the MCAT. Sorry. So Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine can you imagine going you know, approaching Stanford and them saying at the last minute, Oh, you know, if you didn't take the MCAT, oh, you know, that's okay, we'll let you in anyway. I would be like, Well shit, why did I take the MCAT in the (laughs) first place then? Put myself through all that stuff and I didn't have to? What?
0: Yeah. Anyway yeah it'll be it'll be interesting yep. I think we'll have some good data, which I know the AMC m c doesn't want out there to show yeah. that students yeah um that that schools are using the mcat not for prediction of performance but for screening yep really at the end of the day yep. and and what you said about the the school taking the extra seventy five students that's basically what McMaster's doing this year with their interviewing. Because they're not going to interview because they they do an MMI right? It's McMaster. They invented the MMI. Right, right. Um, Crazy people up there, (laughs) Um, Canadian, (laughs) silly Canadians. Um, (laughs) They they decided, rightfully so, I think, to say, look, we're we're not going to switch to a a one on one interview style just because of COVID. We obviously don't. Believe in that style. We invented the MMI, yeah. Uh, and virtual MMI is really hard to pull off, so we're just not going to do an interview. And what we're going to do is based on data, which shows, hey, the the first I think hundred students they they rank their um, they rank their students, um, and and they're going to quote unquote invite students for an interview, right? They're going to be put into that interview mm-hmm. invitation pile even mm-hmm. though there's no interview the top 100 of those students because they rank them are going to get an acceptance automatically mm-hmm. because based on data those students are very likely to be accepted anyway yeah which would make me question why are you doing an mmi then if 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 that's right. what the data right. shows but that's right. that's a random other question that comes into mind and then what they're doing with everyone else who was quote-unquote invited for an interview it's just going to be a random lottery
1: yeah. Wow. So,
0: which I think is, it's the right answer for this cycle. Wow. Right? It's just wow. craziness. So yeah. They're going to learn a lot. My yeah. hope is that this year is going to give us a lot of data that will hopefully affect for the better change um, for the medical school admissions cycle that hopefully potentially reduces the costs, reduces the barrier yep. of entry, especially for disadvantaged and minority Absolutely. students. Um, yep. Agreed. So, Lots of potential change, hopefully. Yeah,
1: yeah, agreed.
0: agree. <clears throat> Ooh, how much do wow. admissions factor in the university you attended when looking at your application, if they do at all? For example, CSU versus UC versus Harvard, etc. cetera. This comes up all the time, yeah. specifically CSU and UC, right? California yeah. State University System right. and University of California System. Right. right. There's so much... Negative, negative bias, yeah. if that's a term, yeah. uh, towards Cal State, yep, from from the UC system. That it's like, oh, like, hello, yeah, we are the UC system. Hello, yeah. you come to yeah. us, yes. right? It's just, yeah.
1: What do you think? I know, no, I, I, you know, I think medical schools are looking for good students who have performed well wherever they go to school, whatever their major is. They've done well in the prerequisite courses. Uh, They've shown via the MCAT that they have, you know, some cognitive capabilities to take an exam and to be able to calculate, uh, you know, to sort of problem solve in terms of what that exam can do for you. I don't think that um, schools really look a whole lot at where you went to school. Now, yes, they're going to know. Uh, if there is, if it's a well-known school, they're going to have heard of it and know about it. But, you know, some, you know, my experience was we had a class of 200 students at UT Southwestern. And typically we had somewhere around 80 different undergraduate institutions represented among those 200 students. So we were, you know, we were pulling students from all over the place, from, you know, various states, from big schools and little schools and from, uh, private schools and public schools and, you know, schools that you'd never heard of before and Podunk State University down the road and, you know, such and such community college. And, you know, we were all over the place. And I think that's very common for medical schools. I don't think they're looking, uh, you know, at a lot of, you know, now I I will say that, that there are going to be admissions committee members that are going to have a bias. Uh, there are going to be interviewers who are going to have a bias. Uh, oh, I've never heard of this school. I don't know anything about it. I looked it up and their average SAT score was not very good and blah, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And, but I think often uh, the structures that are created by the school, the structures that are, that are uh, created by the, the, the admissions office and the admissions officers at the institution, at the medical school, will will framework a a system that will will, you know, hopefully weed out that bias of uh, against uh, certain schools or certain measures or whatever. Uh, So I don't think that I I wouldn't worry about that. Ultimately, when I when students ask me about where should I go to college? You know, I have a high school junior or senior. And I have a student or their parents who are wanting to know, well, we have these options of where I want to go to undergrad you know my my uh, most important advice to them is where do you feel like you fit the best you know do you feel like you fit at csu do you feel like you know is you one of the uc campuses where you just fell in love and you just really love you know love the idea because ultimately you're going to do better in college in an environment where you feel comfortable and you fit yep that's the key
0: yep yep Yep. 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 Yeah. I mean, I would have a negative bias if I was interviewing a student who went to Florida state. If I went to <laughs> Florida, I'm like, oh, you're not very smart. <laughs> oh, uh, God. Yeah. And, and I, I think right. Part of it is, uh, I, I think, I hope that admissions committees understand the importance of diversity and diversity of thought Absolutely, absolutely. and pulling students from different parts of the country and from, from different universities uh, yes, is very important yes, because you bring absolutely. that diversity of thought. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Dr. Gray, I was listening to one of your older podcasts and you said that you were going to post something about the state specific laws to be a medical assistant. Oh, great. Thanks for reminding me of what I'm not doing. <laughs> uh, um, I was having a hard time finding it yeah it's not on the website I think it was it was a project that I had started um, and I don't ever know what happened to it so it's a good reminder to check that out yeah. it was something I, I, I thought was important at one point to go hey I know this is a, a common question like what's required I know here in Colorado you don't need any specific training to be like a CNA or something and so uh-huh. Uh-huh. every state's a little bit different so yeah. it was a project I was going to do Yeah.
2: Yeah, So, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to bring up a question that was going to call you out. What I really thought we might get to the root of is, is off the top of your head, could you guys do the bottom part of it? So Mm. uh, being an MA versus being a CNA, you know, so maybe you can get into to that.
0: Hmm. What do you know about being an MA in Colorado? That, that's what I was just saying, right? I don't think you need any specific training to be a, a medical assistant in Colorado, like a specific license. Will my four-year degree and CNA certificate be sufficient, or would I uh, be better to get a CNA job in a hospital?
1: You know, I, I, and I don't know a whole lot about CNAs. I mean, I've researched it a little bit in medical assistance and stuff. Mm-hmm. My concern about a CNA is that you're going to be changing a lot of sheets,
0: <laughs> Cleaning up a lot of sheets by changing yeah. a lot of sheets,
1: yeah, yeah, I mean, I think my my opinion would be in in I know in Texas, a medical assistant you know has a lot more patient contact. Um, they're doing vitals, they're really taking the you know a good portion of the history when you when the patient comes in, it, particularly if they're in a clinic, uh, which I think a lot of you know that's the lion's share of medical since they're in you know, private clinics or offices and stuff as opposed to a hospital setting. Um, But I feel like that's a very valuable experience. You're meeting patients, you're interacting with them, you're finding out what's going on with them, you're taking their vitals, you're, you know, you're really preparing the way for the physician or the PA that comes in and to deal with them. And as opposed to a CNA where I think they're often in settings of uh, nursing homes or, uh, you know, hospitals or other uh, settings like that don't have as much patient care often, you know, they're cleaning up the the stuff that the nurses don't want to do, uh, et cetera. So I I'd be interested to hear your opinion about that. Ryan.
0: Yeah. I I think it comes down to the answer that I always give students. Always say, well, what about this job? What about this job? I, I have no idea based on the title. I have no idea. It's it's right. very specific to the clinic, very specific to right. the hospital based on exactly what you're doing. I mean, you, you mm-hmm. could be a CNA and have a connection at a, a right. private clinic where you're doing all you to the do take of, of every yeah. patient. You're doing all yeah. the blood draws for the patients, like you're doing everything. So yeah. it just really depends on the this, the yeah. options available. Good point. You. Yeah, that's a good point.
2: I think we're getting to the bottom of our question list here. Um, right. We've had a few that are hyper, hyper specific and a few that are super general that I've been deliberately thinking I'll just answer in comments later. So I'm going to let the popcorn pop here for a second. Or if you guys want, we can show what's happening in mapped.
0: Oh Yeah. Why don't, uh, why don't I Love add that? that. Yeah. Um I I was hoping I'd have some time to add to my course list just to show that, but I didn't, but that's okay. Um, All right, let me sign in, share screen, application, mapped. All right, so you guys can see mapped here. I'll take you through the full login. remember me all right so now you see we have a dashboard yay we have a dashboard oh you're a good student I well duh um, <laughs> uh, ignore this side right this is an admin panel we're, we're that fancy where we have an admin panel yet um, let's go add some more courses here and see how this has changed a little bit with some feedback Potentially. Uh let's add biology. School prefix. We'll do bio. Uh I forget what my bio course is. We'll just do one oh one class standing. I was a freshman. Summer. We'll do twenty twenty still. I think I've been doing all twenty twenty. Wait, let's do what are my other ones? Fall, I think. We'll leave it there. all right grade i obviously let's let's do c plus um subject biology um, yikes <laughs> you'll <laughs> never be a doctor <laughs> you just give up now right uh <laughs> um, all right, so we got all that all right so and let's change i'll edit some of these just to show some differences with the uh grades the GPA calculations I mean I know I'm a really good student but uh I'll I'll take one for the team just to to show here let's do B minus see what that looks like um all right so let's go now back to our dashboard and you can see um obviously it doesn't look super fancy because we only have two terms in here <laughs> you can see right my trend that's not a good trend nope. right Nope. Um but if I went back and I added uh another course, we'll see how this handles it. Um let's do bio uh <clears throat> 202, 201, whatever. Um I'm a sophomore spring. Let's see what happens here. All right we're all learning on the fly. I got an A <clears throat> undergrad and again the goal is to have these boxes and a lot of this stuff automatically checked off as we go. We go back to our dashboard, we get a nice look at that beautiful curve. All right, I'm I'm going up. All right, I got Getting my trend yeah. started. Yeah. Um <clears throat> So that's good. got my trend going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we can turn off some of these things and go, okay, I only want to see my AMCAS GPA. So I'm going to turn off. I, I don't like how these work right now. Um, so we're going to try to tweak that a little bit so we can just see AMCAS, just see a Comus. Obviously, they're similar curves right now. Um, by next week, I'll put in all of my undergraduate GPA. I think I, I have my AMCAS application somewhere. So I'll go in. Enter all of my stuff so we can actually see a full a full thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I should do that with my my uh, activities as well. Um, so you can see my activities here: Copal Scholars and shadowing. That's coming from right here. And I can add uh, another date here. Uh, I was there for ten hours today. Oh wow, long It way. was amazing. The box got a little bit bigger. I think I still want it down there. But that's alright. Um and then if I come back here to my dashboard you can see I have more hours now 35 total hours and that's coming from here Uh and then on the dashboard you can see uh my MCAT my highest score we're going to change this a little bit we have uh, an update to coming to that but if you you look here I can change my my 516 I'll change it to uh, let's see I'm not I'm not that good we'll change it to uh, something else All right, let's do that Um, now it's a 511 we'll come back to my dashboard you can see my MCAT score there so we're going to have it so you can have your target score on there and we'll be able to show a graph on how you're doing with your practice tests and how you're doing with your, your target score there so Lots of fun stuff coming. Yeah, yeah, awesomeness. Anything else to show, Rachel? What do you think? What am I missing? Of course, um,
2: that's. probably. I think we've shown everything else before. Uh, you
1: want to? You want to show? I know we've shown it before, but the the med schools. Yeah, I was going to suggest mm-hmm. you show that. Yep. Um, med schools detail, here. Detailed information that's available for for those.
0: Yep. And we have we have updates to all of these schools with the new deadlines and dates, and all of the secondary essays will be on this page. Um, we have links out to all the social media, so you can do some research into them. So, and then we can you can flag it as part of the school that potentially you're interested in. Again, what's mm-hmm. coming in the future is once you flag UAB, right? Then we can go, hey, UAB has this one random. Uh, pre mm-hmm. that that you don't have and we can flag that for you or hey uab has this weird letter of recommendation requirement and we can flag that for you yep yep i love that comment. i love yeah. this look yeah, it's pretty uh
2: so a couple things one is a couple happy comments map looks amazing thank you it looks so pretty. Thanks. Uh, That's all we care um,
0: about. We don't have, it doesn't have to work well as long as it looks pretty. I don't um, see any pink colors
1: like
0: your shirt. <laughs> <color, whatever>. Yeah.
2: <laughs> we all, we're all wearing pink for a reason. Uh, okay. And then a good question. But I, I think we've answered before, but probably bears repeating. So the question is, I'm assuming Map is going to initially come out just as the website. But are you guys planning on eventually making an app out of it?
0: That is a great question um I don't know I don't know it it depends uh it depends on how many people want an app. It depends on what functionality is missing because it's not an app. I can think of a few things right uh being able to have like g p s coordinates when you when you show up to your uh, your shadowing experience we know based on GPS coordinates that you're at your shadowing place and we could potentially flag you and say, "Hey, did you just leave your shadowing? do you want to enter that in right So that kind of functionality is is super fancy. The downside of of app development is that it's very very, very expensive mm-hmm. and requires so much more upkeep because phones change every year yeah. so with the operating oh, systems yeah. with screen sizes with everything else
1: no. Mm-hmm. You ahead, just do say, Ryan. Of course, that the that mapped will be optimized so you can use it on your phone.
0: Correct. Yeah. So so right now it's it's not um, designed to be responsive, um, but it will be um, so that it it's responsive for a mobile phone layout, um, and really, uh, web development has reached a point where you you it it is an app. It's just. Yeah in the web so
2: yeah yeah so yeah i guess the the short version is no app right away partly so we can keep costs down for you guys Um, some really good questions about feedback so (laughs) i'm gonna dig into that here Um, once our mcat gpa and activities are unmapped will we receive feedback if we are ready to apply or not
0: yeah. Scott, you want to talk a little bit about some of the yeah. stuff where we're yeah, going
1: on? we're going to be we are really developing some some feedback to give you. So, for example, um, if your GPA from one semester to another goes down by, you know, let's say point one or point two or something, um, then we're going to feed give you feedback about that. To say, hey, it looks like you've had, you know, your trends are going down a little bit. We want you to, you know, recognize that this is an important. Trends are very important in the, in the admissions process. Uh, keep up the good work, but, you know, you may want to really buckle down or, you know, whatever, whatever the language is. Uh, same thing with MCAT. We're going to be able to say, you know, you enter in a practice score, let's say, of, you know, 501. Uh, the uh, practice score that you uh, 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 that you took, and we, we'll be able to say to you, um, this is a good start for you know your first practice test. We want to encourage you to, uh, you know, pay attention to the the uh, feedback that you're getting from your prep course or from your materials that you're looking at, uh, and uh, really you know uh, focus in on those areas, those sub scores where you're you know needing help, or or if you get a, let's say you get a five twenty. On on the real test, we're going to be like, woohoo, you (laughs) rock, buddy, you rock. So I don't know that, you know, eventually there's not going to be a green light and a red light necessarily on there that says ding, 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 you're ready or ding, 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 you know, you're not or whatever. But I think we're going to give you some feedback over the course of time uh, as you enter stuff into the application to the uh, to map to say yeah, this is good. You're on the right track or, you know, this, this is a little problem area you need to sort of pay attention to or whatever. So absolutely.
0: Yep. Same thing with experiences, right? It's like, Hey, you've, you've said you wanted to apply to medical school in 2021 and we're eight months away from that and you don't have any clinical experience uh, listed. What's going on, right? Here's why clinical experience is important. Here's how to find clinical experience. Oh, you have it? Go ahead and enter it. So yeah, yeah. So we know, yeah, all all of that stuff that's that's the goal, right? That's that's yeah. the ultimate goal of Matt yeah. is to yeah. be able to provide that feedback, not just track but also guide and get yes. feedback. I th- I think we should have an easter egg Rachel um and, and Scott a, a special like easter egg that you can you can like hit a special key combination and it turns on the uh like karen pre-med advisor and it's (laughs) even if you have a four hundred five twenty eight, you will never get into medical school
1: (laughs) i love it that you i love it that you call her karen
0: (laughs) karen Karen is the best term right now
2: um yeah so someone asked a question that i feel like we kind of answered but just to sort of reiterate and clarify so how would we receive feedback um does this happen by messaging or email? It will mostly happen in the app, but then also we'll receive feedback, even if we are incomplete, like you haven't taken the MCAT yet. And the answer is yes. Right. So Mm -hmm. again, as we were just saying, one of the things we're going to ask you is when are you planning to start medical school? And then we help you navigate your timeline based on that target. Um, And, and again, it's part of why we're trying to get away from the idea of freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, because Some people take five years to graduate. Some people take one or two gap years. Some people are career changers who have been working for a long time. So the thing we all have in common is when do you want to start med school? And then we can work backwards from that. So as long as we have that data, it's not just a simple red, green, are you ready? It's where are you compared to the timeline? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I think part of it is just, just being clear that this isn't individual like dr Dr. Wright is logging into Johnny's app mapped app and and data going, "Let me look at Johnny's application. Okay, let me type up some feedback, right? that's It's not one on one. we We have one on one. we'll We'll have one on one advice for students who want that. The goal of the application and really the the biggest brainchild behind it was to to um, make good pre-med advising affordable, right? Yeah. You are going to get Dr. Wright's, you're going to get mine, you're going to get Rachel's, you're going to get uh, advisors in the future. You're going to get their thinking algorithmically in the app. And yep. so where where that will be will likely be maybe here on the dashboard. Maybe you scroll down and there's some text that says, "Hey, based on your GPA, here here are some thoughts. Hey, based on your MCAT score, here are some thoughts. Maybe we'll have a, a different kind of feedback tab on yep. the side. We we haven't specifically figured out where we're putting that yet, um, but that's the feedback. It'll be algorithmic, and, and I don't like the term machine learning and AI because that's that's not what this is. Um, it'll it'll be algorithmic, and and we're developing those algorithms now so that." That based on your GPA, your activities, your MCAT score, et cetera, we can provide you feedback based on all of that data yeah. through the app immediately.
1: Yeah. I love this one, right? Oh, yeah. look at
2: the, <laughs> you I see. just wanted to show. You know, sounds awesome. Can't wait. But hmm. you go ahead, Scott.
1: I like this
0: one. Yeah, Dr. Grace tracking us. Yep.
2: Yeah, that was where said yeah. if you guys want an app, then maybe I'll add a GPS. To
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: And you asked, No, I'm kidding. We had definitely thought about that already. <laughs> As with any location services, you can turn it on or off. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um okay, let's see. Here's a question. Uh, Dr. Gray, I know you do application renovation for reapplicants, but do you also offer pre-application advising if I'm planning to apply next year, or is that one app will be if you guys want, I can take this one. Take it. Um, so, as we were just saying, the idea behind MAPT is to give our expertise in a really low-cost way. So, we're building it all into the system so that if your budget concerns, um, you know, our, I mean, we all have budget concerns, but if your budget is tighter and, you know, just the subscription of Mapped is as much as you can reasonably afford, you're absolutely getting expertise from Dr. Gray, uh, Dr. Wright, and me, and um, for people who can swing the bigger investment of one-on-one we will be offering that as an add-on right now dr gray is booked but actually dr wright is taking some one-on-one students currently so that's actually not on our website yet it's being developed but you can email us at info at map and i'll hook you up individually it'll be on the web within another week or so Um, but so we just want to make sure that it's clear that that's a supplemental thing, because what we're trying to do with MAP is create something that gives you access to our expertise without having to pay the one-on-one rates.
0: Yeah. Something that's been my mission from day one is to, uh, and I, I can't think of the word. We do these too late in the day where my, my vocabulary, my word finding is very minimal, Um <laughs> Uh, oh, I was going to make a political joke, but I won't. Um, the, uh, the, my, my goal from day one has been to, to give the information, right? You shouldn't have to pay for the information. All right. I, I have all of the podcasts. Those are free. Um, the, the, the books are obviously low cost. Those are very cheap. Um, the information is out there. You can have that where students where where I I've always drawn the line for students who quote unquote need to work with myself one-on-one or now with Scott is are, are, are the students who need slash want more handholding right handholding seems like a negative thing but it's it's not it's just it's very much much more. Uh, specific if you need accountability if you you have a very unique situation that you don't think is going to be accounted for in uh, in our systems or Mm -hmm. in the general advice that i give in the podcast or whatever that is yep
2: let's see here's a good one when is a projected launch date for map
0: do you want to talk about some of those dates we talked about last time Mm
2: -hmm. so um We are hoping to launch in um, mid-late August, right around the start of most of the traditional fall semester schools. I know we've got some California quarter folks, so we're talking about semester timeline here for for the start of fall, that's our hope. Um, We are going to have a couple weeks where you guys who have pre-ordered will have access before the public. So for people, you know, when this goes out on the replay, just to be clear, if if you're someone listening on the on the replay in the public domain, for you, it's mid-late August. But if you're somebody who's watching this live or within the MAP group and you already pre-ordered MAP, then we're hoping to actually get you some early access um, late July, early August so that there'll be a couple weeks where you guys can play in there, start using it, and we can spend a lot of time just listening to you, talking to you, getting your feedback. So yep. it's, it's getting close.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah yeah, and we'll even have a a special window of opportunity for a handful of you to actually log in with us and work one on one where we're we're watching you enter your courses and and activities, and we're asking questions and you're asking questions, and we can we can get some more very specific feedback there.
2: And that'll be even sooner. So in a week and a half or so, and we'll have a tiny beta group. Um, about three, four weeks, and we'll have everybody who mapped pre-ordered. And then about six to eight weeks, and it'll be open to the public if if all goes well.
0: If if all goes well.
2: (laughs) Now, if something (laughs) blows up in the beta or the gamma group, well, then the public might get a little later. Um, But we're we're banging on it now, right? Like, one of the reasons you talk about beta testing is that we three are alpha testing it right now. Hmm. So... Um, And it's, I mean, we've got more stuff we want to do, but so far it's going well. Um, I'm getting a lot of awesome and wow, that's quicker than I thought. Yeah, I always said fall, meaning school fall, hoping that would keep you guys chill. (laughs) Uh, Somebody just said, I replaced my university pre-med office. Not sure what you mean by that. I definitely want you to still talk to your university pre-med office. You need them very much because they're the ones who tell you exactly what courses to take. They tell you when certain courses are offered. If they do committee letters, you definitely need a good relationship there. We hope that this supplements that and makes both Mm -hmm. your life and your advisor's life easier. Yes. Yes, yep. Absolutely. And and
0: that's that's in the roadmap for us is is to be able to have you as a student provide access to your school's pre-health advisors so they can see everything on mapped so that when you have your appointment with your advisor you're not wasting the first half of it going over everything you've done already. They have access to it and they can see it and they can comment on it and all that fun stuff. Yeah. And then you can, you can be efficient with your meetings and actually uh, hit on the things that you need to discuss and, and move forward with.
2: Mm-hmm. All awesome, right. Science. One minute to the hour.
1: woohoo a- well, hey.
2: Today. Um, thank you guys, as always, for coming. We appreciate the pre commenters and the folks who join us live. And uh, yep, we'll yes. be back next Monday, 6 p.m. Eastern. Yep. It's always going to be here.
0: <laughs> That's the plan. Thanks, guys, for coming. Thanks, everyone.
2: Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye-bye.
0: All right, there you have it. Another great episode of Ask the Dean. Don't forget to check out our other amazing podcasts from MedEd Media, our partner here in all of this. This is the Mapped World. I guess Mapped, the, the Ask the Dean podcast, part of the MedEd Media Network as well. We got uh, the Pre-Med Years, the MCAT Podcast, the Old Pre-Meds Podcast, the MCAT Cars Podcast, Specialty Stories, and more. Again, go check those out. You can check those out at premedpodcast.com. And don't forget to check out mappedmapd.com for our amazing new platform. It is open to the public right now, still in beta, tons of features coming out as you're listening to this. If, if you're listening to this on release day, we have a big update coming out this week and our plan is to iterate every two weeks with new updates and features and bug squashing and much more. So again, mapped.com, M-A-P-P-D.com.